Welcome to College Street. How are y'all doing this morning? You're wondering, what is, what is this guy up to now? This church is just off the hook. Um, I don't mean, I'm not even going to apologize. I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, we're, we're designed to be different. We believe that church should be fun. We were created in the image of our creator. So we're going to have some fun that this morning. Is that okay? We got the bouncy castles. We got the face paint. We got the balloons. Whether you're celebrating uh, Halloween or you're just celebrating today, the day that the Lord has made, we will rejoice <laughs> and we'll be glad in it. And you're probably wondering why, oh, why is pastor in a boat? Well, you know, I wish you could all get in here with me. This could be our little fellowship, but um, but you know, <laughs> You know, some people dress up at this time of year. Some people dress up, and I thought, what's the scariest thing that I could show you today? Some of you know, some of you know that I had a near-death experience in a boat much like this, going down the Vedder River. And praise God, I'm alive today, but I thought, this is the scariest thing that I could get into, and hopefully I can get out of. I think some of you would like to get out of something today, too. You know, an interesting fact those of you that like facts. People celebrate days for different reasons. The word Halloween means Holy Eve. Did you know that? You know, some people even celebrate Holy Eve preceding All Saints Day, which tomorrow would be celebrating those that have gone before us, the disciples that have gone before us. But who even knew that? Right? If it doesn't matter what you celebrate or why you celebrate it, in this house, we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate Jesus. So we're going to have fun today. Man, I think even if we just talk about fear, you know, hey, Celeste, good to have you back. We, we talk about fear, like why, why do we even celebrate fear? I think in some way for some of us, it makes us feel like we some way have power over it. How many show of hands actually like to be scared? Okay, like six of you. You people are, I, I love you. You're, that's not me. <laughs> I don't like to be scared, but some people do. How many people like to scare others? Come on. See, I'd rather be on that side. I'd rather be the guy that's scaring you and, and having fun and feel like I'm in control. But I, I think it is twofold. I think it is twofold. I believe that in, in some way we feel that we can have control over our emotions and then there are those that just, they just love the shock factor. It like makes them feel alive or they appreciate life a little more. But whatever it may be, a lot of people, let's be honest, still fear death. I think all of us could say we fear death. And some would be like, oh, pastor, I don't fear death. I know where I'm going. I'll be with Jesus one day. Yeah, but do you want to go today? <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully God has greater things in store for you yet that you want to see happen in your family, in your finance, in your community, in this church. He's not done with you yet. Although you may want to see him already, how about you see him in others today? Right? Not done with you yet. Right? So culturally, we don't naturally celebrate uh, death. We don't naturally celebrate fear and as much as we like to think that we are in some way in control, what happens when that fear controls us? What are you most afraid of? What are you most afraid of? Have you ever taken the time to confront some of your biggest fears? Sam's saying yes. You know, I, 
I've had a lot of incidences that involve water. I still love water. When I was four years old, I was in my uncle's pool and I'm splashing away until I slipped through my little ducky and my dad was there just meters away and I was drowning. All he heard was splashing. So he thought I was having a good time, but I wasn't. And I think some of us have been in that season too where it looks like people are having a good time. Oh, they're just having a great time. It looks like they're celebrating, but really inside, some of us are drowning. You know, I have another story where I got to go to California and because and I love water so much, I wanted to surf. So I went into the surf shop and, and the guy there suggesting I get this like old school, big board, like massive, because I was, it was the first time surfing. Oh, that's going to make me look stupid. I'm like, dude, I wakeboard. I, you've heard the story before. <laughs> like, I didn't kayak at the time, but I, you know, I, I, uh, I do the sea do thing. I kneeboard. I'm like, I'll take the smaller board. I'll be good. I'll be good. You know. Well, I spent the better part of all morning eating salt water, and if you've ever had to eat a lot of salt water, ugh, eventually you just want to throw up. So it's either I, I, I gave up, or I went in and I humbled myself. I said, I'll. I'll give the bigger board a try. <laughs> but then I was able to ride the wave instead of the waves riding me. And I, I spent most of the time in the morning beneath the wave. But man, it sure feels good when you're above the wave. Come on. Come on, somebody. I think we all want to be there. Above, not beneath. So as I mentioned, uh, I've had more than one incident. And one incident was in a kayak. This, this one isn't mine. This is Dell. Let me this one. Thanks, Dell. Mine's more scarier than this one. But upside down in the Vetter River and couldn't get out and praying to God and praise God, he got me out. And you would think, well, dude, you just need to start staying away from water. <laughs> but I won't. I won't. Why? I still love water. Why? Because if I just focus on what I'm afraid of, I will never advance. Come on. If you just focus on what you're afraid of, you're never going to advance. Unless, say unless. Unless you can take that fear and turn it into faith. Unless you can use that fear and impart courage. I'm telling you, the enemy is going around this season and he wants to diss your courage. But God wants to put it into you today. What's going to fuel your faith today? Come on. What will you put in today? You see, Jesus, even Jesus had a way of allowing his disciples to go through things, allowing his disciples to face fear so they could experience faith. Even Jesus. Because he knew that faith cannot fix what you're not willing to face. He knew that. And it's Sunday, October 31st. What better day than to face your fears? The day the Lord has made. So we're going to jump in. We're going to dive in to Matthew 8. Matthew 8. If you got your Bibles with you, would you please turn with me to Matthew 8. Man, there's just something about the paper Bible. I just love it. You can mark it up. You can take it with you. But if you don't have that, you can pull out your devices. And actually, I put all my, my notes. I say I, the team, my sister-in-law, Janine, thank you, puts all my notes on version. Anyone got the version app? Show hands if you got it. Get it. It's free. It's awesome. All my notes are in there. Take them, make them your own. Go deeper, please. Somebody say go deep to a neighbor. 
Go deep, go deep, go deep. God, go deeper than I can go today. Lord, may there be more of you and less of me today, I pray in Jesus' name. Let's go deep. Let's go deep in your scripture. So we're going to start Matthew 8, um, verse 23, 24. I think it'll also be on the screen for you. Thank you. Those of you watching online should show up here too. So here we go. Then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him because that's what you did. If you were a disciple, you followed your teacher, you followed your rabbi. And it says, suddenly, say suddenly, a fierce storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Somebody say, but Jesus. But Jesus was sleeping. You ever followed someone into a storm not knowing there was going to be a storm, but you thought later on, you got to have known this was happening. You knew where you were taking me. Why didn't you tell me? You don't think for a moment that Jesus didn't know they were going to, okay, God of the universe didn't know a storm was coming and what his disciples were about to step into. He knew. You ever thought, why didn't he tell them? Maybe, just maybe, if God gave you the bigger picture for your life and he showed you everything, it would scare you to death. You wouldn't even get in the boat with him. He's just got to take you day by day and step by step. Like, let's just start with getting in the boat. But Lord, what if there's a, hey, what if there's that? But Jesus, <laughs> but Jesus, cancel all your other buts, throw in a but Jesus, but Jesus, right? Jesus said, just, just get in the boat, follow me says, suddenly, suddenly. This has been a season of suddenlies, hasn't it? Suddenly this, suddenly that. Suddenly this fierce storm came up. And I think it's fair to agree that there's been a lot of storms, a lot of fierce storms. These aren't like little storms, like this, is, this has been a big storm. And it's a storm that doesn't seem to settle. Yet Jesus is calling us through it. And, and the waves, it talks about how the waves have swept over them. What has swept over you lately that's got you feeling scared and it's got you feeling that Jesus is sleeping? It seems that he's sleeping and the waves are crashing over you, but yet it seems that Jesus is sleeping. Disciples, it says in verse 25 that they went and they woke him saying, Lord, and there's an exclamation mark in there. Save us! We're going to drown! First point. When the storm shakes up your fear, wake up your faith. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. When the storm shakes up your fear, wake up your faith. What are you waking up? Who are you going to? I think so many of us are focused on what to do. What do I do? What do I do? Stop focusing on the what. Start focusing on the who. Come on. Come on. Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. He is your source. He is your provider. He is the beginning and the end. Go to Jesus. The what will flow from the who. But seek first the kingdom of God, then all things will be added unto you. Come on. Who's the captain of this ship? Go to him. Wake him up. Wake up your faith when fear tries to come over you. You got to understand, these were sailors. Many of them in the boat were sailors, so it had to have been a big storm. Because sailors are not made in calm seas, ladies and gentlemen. Some of you want to live it out and walk it out, and anybody can talk the talk. It's not until the, until the storm, it will show you. It'll separate the Boy Scouts from the Marines. 
We can all train for battle. We can train for war. We can train for it, but not until you're in it. Now it becomes a reality. What are you going to lean into? Who are you going to go to? It says that they felt like they were scared that they were going to drown. They're scared they're going to drown. Where in this season have you felt scarcity? There's a fear that the government is drowning in debt. There is some of us that are drowning in doubt, right? We need water. You know, we, we, something we take for granted so much is water. We know we need water to survive. But what happens when we take too much of something in that we cannot breathe? When our actions are driven by fear, we choke on what we consume. Okay, I got to say that again. When your actions are driven by fear, you will literally choke on what you consume. I got I to have it. I got to oh, There's not enough to go around. I got to have it. I got to have it. got to have it. I know what it's like to choke on water. Okay? It ain't fun. I love water. My body loves water. The earth loves water. We're made up of it. But I need air to breathe. I need the breath of God to breathe on me. <laughs> I can't just have all this water and no breath, no air. And not even that, I need to see, I need vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says, though vision, I perish. You turn me upside down in that boat, it's pretty dark under the water, just saying. And there's a lot of rocks that should have hit my head that didn't that day. There's things coming at you, man. There's some of us that are walking blind in this world today. We are walking like blind with our eyes wide open. Didn't you see it coming? Nope. <laughs> Maybe the reason you didn't see it again is because you didn't read the scripture. And that's why you're living in a mindset of scarcity. This whole series is about mindsets and miracles. Before you can experience your breakthrough, you have to deal with the battle of the mind. Battle of the mind. Romans 12 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? Everything starts with a thought followed by a feeling, then an action is be transformed. Look at it maybe a little differently. Start to see what God has for you. Maybe there's something. What are you taking too much of? I said this last week, but it might not even be a bad thing. It just might not be beneficial to you right now. Right, Lee? How many guys have you trained or girls are coming in and it's like, yeah, I know it's not a bad thing, but that's not what you need right now. That's not going to benefit you. What could you do without? What are you taking too much in? Maybe you're taking in too much information, right? Too much conspiracies and theories. It's, it can consume you, can't it? It can distract you, discourage you, divide you, cause you to disengage. Again, even though we're made up of water, the, the very thing that we are made up of, if we're not careful can hurt us. The very thing that's inside of us can cause us to fear. Check this out. This is another Red Letter Sunday. I call it Red Letter Sunday because if in a lot of your Bibles you look to it, it's going to be in red. This is straight out of the mouth of God. This is Jesus speaking to you today. So just listen. Just listen. Check this out. Watch this. Watch this. He replied. Jesus said, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And, and if you, I don't know if you notice what I notice in the scripture, I read the scripture as it's written. So when there's an exclamation mark, I give it. There's no exclamation mark in there. 
He's calm. He says, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and it was completely calm. Yeah, you can clap for that. Clap, please. Clap, ladies and gentlemen, for the word of God. Why are you so afraid? You have little faith. Why? why? Let's, let's talk about that. What's your fear? I'm going to ask you, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Who are you going to? Don't you know he's got you? He takes care of the sparrows, man, the birds. How much more valuable are you? What does it say, Matthew 6? Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worry of its own. Why am I so afraid? Here's the thing. When we make it a big deal, it becomes a big deal. Would you agree? Sometimes we make it a big deal. And when we get worked up, other people get worked up. Right? The first step they teach you as a first responder is to remain calm. Remain calm. Notice how Jesus responds. His disciples were reacting. There's a difference. Right, Pastor Rudy? They don't call them first reactors. They call them first responders. Jesus, the disciples first react. Ah, we're going to drown. Jesus responds. Oh, you of little faith. (laughs) What are you afraid of? See, the ferocity of the storm caused them to be surprised. It was the ferocity that put them in a state of scarcity. Jesus first questions their faith before he moves forward. There's a lot here. Jesus first questions their faith before he moves forward. He spoke to the followers before speaking to the storm. Come on, you catch that? He spoke to the followers before speaking to the storm. Too many times we just want to deal with the system or the symptom and not address the source. The position of the storm was not the problem. It was the position of their faith. Where is your faith? I'll say it again. The position of the storm was not the problem. It was the position of their faith. Where has your faith been lately? Is your belief in the boat? I'm telling you, that boat only got me so far. Just around the corner that my wife couldn't see me. So long. (laughs) Where's your faith? Where's your faith in the one who is in the boat? Come on, with you. With you. Say, with me. How many times do we react like the disciples and we're led by emotion instead of being like Jesus where we're led by devotion? Right? You see, it's my devotion that keeps me above the wave. It's my emotion that causes me to tip and go under. Before I tipped and went under, I was already panicking. My body became stiff. Boom. Adam's already laughing at me. He's like, oh, you. <laughs> right? I'm top heavy. I rolled. I should have stayed loose. Right, Adam? Just stayed loose. 
I didn't know what I didn't know. Right? But fear came over me before I went under the waves. And my emotions got the best of me instead of just staying calm, staying devoted, keep that thing pointed down the right direction. Don't look at the, you know what happened? This is literally what happened. I look down at that wave. I'm like, because they're like coming this way. Like, ah! And then where your head goes, your body flows. Isn't that true? Here we go. <laughs> You're going to find out the hard way. I thought I would just pop right out. Nope. I mean, you think, yeah, well, it gets down to it. I'll just figure it out. I'll get out of it. Until you're beneath the wave and you can't breathe. But here's the thing. His word, God's word, it outweighs all the wind out there. All that wind blowing your way. (laughs) Conspiracy this. This isn't going to work. Look out for that. And the waves. His word outweighs the wind and the waves. Second point is that we need to be led by devotion instead of emotion. What are you devoted to? Who are you committed to in this season? What are your non-negotiables devoted to? I know everything starts in my home. In my house, just celebrated my... my Yeah, I'm saying it. Sorry, honey. 40th birthday. Woo! On Saturday, she looks like she's like 28. She hasn't aged a day <laughs> since we met. Myself, on the other hand, that's another story, but I got you. <laughs> but what, what are, who are you devoted to? Who are you devoted to? Christ, he gets up, and he rebukes the wind, he rebukes the waves, and it says it was completely calm. What have you rebuked lately? Right? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Right? You, have, you got power. Say, I got power. What are you speaking over your situation, over yourself, over others? Maybe it's your words that are causing you to drown. I am this. I am that. I hope you're, they're all positive things. I am more than a conqueror. <laughs> Come on. I am the head, not the tail. I am above, not beneath. Don't say, I'm drowning. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Be honest. So Christ gets up and he rebukes the waves, he rebukes the wind, and it's calm. We say, we even sing it, fear has no place in here. Fear has no place in here. When we we face fear, we can either repeat it or we can rebuke it. I'll say that again. I think that's good. Someone should write that down. When we face fear, we can either repeat it or we can rebuke rebuke it. And by the way... What you recite, you tend to repeat, right? I know it doesn't sound super deep, but what you recite, you repeat. We can rebuke it, or we can repeat it. Jesus knew what was needed. He needed to rebuke it, put it into submission, and speak peace over the waves. What's been trying to take over you lately? What's been, what's been trying to take over you that you need to speak over in Jesus' name? I'll say that again. What's trying to take over you that you need to rise above it and be above, not beneath, and speak over to it in Jesus' name? 
I think this is a good one. We don't, and I might say things a lot of the times because it memorable is portable, and if we repeat it enough, what we repeat, it gets rewarded, and eventually it becomes a habit. And habits shape your horizon. Are you with me? Okay. Okay. So there's some things that we need to repeat, like repeating the scripture, repeating the word. And you're like, you gotta, you, some of you know it, but you don't own it yet, right? You gotta know it, but then you gotta also own it. We forget. We forget and never forget the power of the Lord to alter your circumstance and calm your fears. Just as he quieted the waters around the disciples. Don't forget. Don't forget who you are in him, that you are above and not beneath. What you receive is what you perceive. Who are you? Who do you go to? I know who I am. I hope you discover not so much you focus on what you are doing, but who you are becoming. Hey, AJ, come on. You got the Nike check right on your shirt. Just do it. Just do it. Who am I becoming? Lord, I'm too scared to just get in the boat, but Jesus. We had a then Jesus, now we have a but Jesus. All the stuff happened, and then like pastor staff said, then Jesus showed up. Come on. <laughs> Here's my third point. Christ gives us confidence over the things we can't control. Because in verse 27, it says that the men were amazed. They asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Christ gives us confidence over what I can't control. Christ gives me confidence over what I can't control. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. It's easy to get, get caught up in the fear of the storm. So how do we find confidence in situations that seem out of our control? When fear draws near, ladies and gentlemen, faith tells us God's here. Say God's here. That should just be an indicator. When fear draws near, faith tells us that God is here. He said in this world, you will have storms, but take heart for I have overcome the storm. Proverbs 3, 26 says, for the Lord will be your confidence. He will keep your foot from being caught. That's cool, eh? The Lord is your confidence. You may, maybe you've heard the famous verse in Hebrews 13, 5, and it says, the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. I love that verse. I know that verse. I own that verse. <laughs> but do you know the whole part of the verse? about God never leaving you nor forsaking you. It says, keep your lives from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you nor forsake you. Come on. Who's your source? Don't worry about the what. He's got you. Say, he's got me. He's got me. But the whole series about scarcity is overcoming that mindset that we build walls thinking there ain't enough to go around. 
I've got to hoard it. I've got to get a lot more toilet paper. I don't know. How come no one's getting toilet paper anymore? I don't know. That was, la- that was last year. What's the latest one? I don't know. But you know what? It's okay to laugh in church. It's okay to laugh. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We, why do we live in scarcity? Why do we get so scared? We build cities, walls around our hearts, around our mind. Unfortunately, sometimes those walls keep the good out, they keep God out, and they keep the scary things in. You can drown. You can drown in discontentment when you live in a mindset of scarcity. 1 John 4, 18 says, there's no fear. Say no fear. That'd also make a good shirt, by the way. Hey, AJ. No fear. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. You know, it's really important that I point you to. In 1 John, it says that God is love. Some of you having a, a copycat love, a costume love. You know what I'm saying? It's not authentic. God is love. And some of us have been having a hard time loving others. It sure is hard to give something that you don't have, that you ain't got. I know it's not proper English, but. So here's the thing. When we face fear, we got to become fierce. We got to become fierce. We got to become fierce. One of the definitions of being fierce, according to the dictionary, is showing a heartfelt and powerful intensity. Heartfelt, powerful intensity, fierce. We need to be fierce in love, right? Fierce in love so that we can look at the power of the wind or the power of the waves. But what about the power of God's will? What about that power? What about Jeremiah 29, 11? Sam knows it. What about that power? His plans and purposes for you to prosper, not to harm you, give you a hope, give you a future. How about that, Will? We're going into a new series next week. I can't wait. Come on. It's called Kingdomology. How about his will? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will. His will. His will. Forget the wave. Forget the wind. How about God's will? Drop the mic on that one. If you've got that will in you, you're going to love with a fierce love for others. You're going to have grace. You're going to have God's super touch your natural. You're going to be able to forgive people that have done silly things. It's a fierce kind of love because it's God's love flowing through you, not your own love. It's his love, his love. Say his love. You know, his love covers a multitude of sins, by the way. His love. See, the scripture is way stronger than the storm. So have faith in that word. You'll overcome the wind. You will overcome the waves. Imagine if, would you guys stand with me for a bit? I just feel like we need to stand together. I got to imagine it for you. See this. Look at this. Watch this. Imagine if we, say me, imagine if we live our lives above the waves, not beneath it. Imagine a church that's not just driven along by the current, but is driven by Christ. Christ. 
a church that isn't afraid to face fear, but with faith. To speak to the storm instead of being overcome by it. A church that isn't tossed by the wind and the waves, but remains calm. Remains calm in what seems like confusion. While at the same time drawing its courage from the word of God instead of the winds of this world. A church that isn't afraid to go through the storm because of its strength found in its Savior. We're that church. You're that church. You see, the takeaway I have for you today is that His Word outweighs the wind and the waves. Outweighs. And maybe, just maybe, you feel like in this season that you've been beneath, not above. Worries of this world, fear and anxiety have been crashing over you. It might look like on the surface that you're just splashing and having a good time. Like I was, nuh-uh. Really, you feel like inside you're drowning. You got doubt. The only thing that's gonna push that doubt out is Jesus coming in. It's his spirit, not by our strength, but by his spirit, says the Lord. And if you're here today, I want to offer you something that is greater than religion. I want to offer you what Jesus offered, and that's a relationship with him. See, this is what it comes down to. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to make mistakes. We all do, and we all will. But I'd rather get into Jesus' boat. I'd rather be led by him. And even though I'll go through the waves and they might crash over me at times, that my Savior will give me breath. His super will touch my natural, that he will save me and set me free. Paul said in Romans 10, 9, if we believe in our hearts that God the Father raised his son from the grave and confessed with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. Maybe you're hearing this for the first time, but Jesus did come. You want to talk about waves? He took on all the waves. Everything that's ever crashed over you, he felt it. All the, you know what the biggest wave was? Sums it all up, sin. And he even overcame sin. Every place, one of the definitions of sin is missing the mark. We all miss the mark. And scripture tells us that while we were sinners, he died for us. But just like we don't force anything on you, Jesus never forced it. it. It's up to you. Will you come to him? Will you reach to him today? That takes faith. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to pray you, I'm going to lead you through a prayer right now. And if you've prayed this prayer before, if you're in the house and you're part of this family, would you pray it with me again? And if you've never prayed this prayer before, would you do so with your whole heart? This is between you and God. Come on. But not today. You're tired of drowning. It's time to be above it. Allow God to pull you up and pull you out. Just say, just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I know what it's like to feel like I'm drowning, to feel like I'm under and not above. I know what it's like to sin. Please forgive me. 
Say, I believe that you chose to die for me. Say, I believe that you rose from the grave. Would you come into my heart? Would you be Lord over my life? I believe. Say, I believe that my past is past. And today, say, today is a new day with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in the moment. If you don't mind, stay in the moment. It's a cool moment right now. Again, I'm going to ask you if, if the scripture, not, my, not Matt's word, but God's word today, spoke to you in season. It just spoke to you today in some way. Well, every head is bowed and eyes are closed. So just give me a thumbs up. I'm like, yep, that spoke to, thank you, Jesus. That's for you. That is evidence that God wants you to show you that motion creates emotion. Don't let it just get stuck in your head. Don't let it get stuck in your head. God is speaking to you. Say, he's speaking to me. If, he, if you gave me a thumbs up, would you just say that right now? Say, he's speaking to me. Speaking to me. And the second is this. If you prayed that prayer, which we just prayed for the first time, or are coming back to him today, would you give me a thumbs up? Let me know that's you in the house today. Just me, you, and Jesus. Come on. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I see you. Come on, girl. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I don't do it justice, but it, it says in the scripture, there's a party going on. You know, I, I, I got, the, I got the, the girl that can do balloons and, and the girl that can do face paint for the kids and the, the bouncy castles, but that ain't nothing. That's nothing for the day that someone comes or comes back to, to knowing Jesus. What's a party in heaven like? I think we need to do our best to celebrate what God has done in this house and what God is doing and about to do in your life. So we're gonna continue to worship. And one of the ways that we celebrate is by being obedient. Because God says, I, I, I prefer obedience over sacrifice. I, I, I prefer mercy over sacrifice. You know, like, and he commissions us to go into all the world making disciples, not converts. It's a relationship, ladies and gentlemen. And part of that relationship, he says, hey, doesn't suggest it. He says, come on, be baptized. We talked a lot about water today. We've got some right there, a whole tank of it. And here at College Street, we don't make it difficult. If, if you've been wanting to be baptized or you're just hearing about it for the first time, we step out of the way so God can step in. We make it simple. God did the hard part. It says, Paul said in Romans, that when we go under the water in obedience, that we are literally, it's like being crucified with Christ. We, we leave all that stuff behind in the water, the stuff that's been holding us back. It goes, it goes down there, and it stays down there. And when we come up out of the water, it says that we are resurrected with Christ. New you. New you. New moment. So if you want to step in, just come on down. While we sing, we don't overcomplicate it. Just come on down. I got towels. I got, I got shirts. I got, I got Jesus. Come on. Just come on down. Let's worship God together, and let's give him praise.